This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. With Miss Helen Patton, granddaughter of General George S. Patton, and you asked me, what am I interested in, in, in that am I, I'm interested in odd things? Yeah, I've I've found after 305 episodes, or this is 305, so after 304 episodes, what I found that I am passionate about is doing podcasts with people who are passionate about anything, and then we focus on that. So whether it's someone that writes sci-fi books or someone that does 3d printing of like marvel comic book superheroes whatever it is it doesn't necessarily have to be my interest so much as i really like talking to people who are interested in something because there's something you can't fabricate about that it's real i'm reminded of a quote by saint irenaeus okay don't ask me anything about saint irenaeus please (laughs) but i do know the quote okay (laughs) I like the quote so much that if I was going to have something on my gravestone, I might even like this, except for I hope that during my lifetime, I'll be able to think of something better myself. The glory of God is man, humans, women. (laughs) The glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah. I love that quote. So in that way, something's brought us together. Um, It's interesting because you heard about, somebody who was related to General Patton. And so the name General Patton was spoken. And so what came to mind? Um, Well, I'm a big fan of General Patton and Eisenhower. I just generally think reading about World War II, there's something about the, it really is just the the apex of almost desperation. your video, your, your video just did. Oh, there you're, you're back. Yeah, it's, because it's, the reason I, I just, I just turned off the do, sure. do not disturb. Sure, okay. It's, there's something about World War II that will never happen again and never happened before. You could argue World War One, but I would say not. And it's that up until then, uh, World War II is the last time we ever saw the entire world go at each other and hold nothing back. The creation of nuclear weapons that obviously ended World War II, but nothing has ever fully escalated since. We've had the Cold War, we have espionage, sabotage, but you, it's never all the way no one ever turns it up to 10 and something about and to say so why does that interest me well world war ii is there is nothing held back it's everyone throwing everything at everyone in order to conquer the other well general Patton, eisenhower and fdr they were they were at the tippy top so they were at the the apex of this this movement in history that will never happen i mean it can't happen again with nuclear weapons so there's something about that and then I guess to almost touch anything close to that, like I had on Charlie Duke who walked on the moon. Like, I'm not an astronaut. I failed math four times in college. But there's something about started, that. By the way. Excuse me? I studied Patton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. What did I? So did Pat, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was, yeah, well, good. Then I'm in good company. So, so, yeah, that's... And it's sort of to get... And obviously he's not alive. But it's to get close to that i mean talking to charlie duke it's like okay you know he's in his late 80s now 
but he walked on the moon and it's like he's one of 10 or one of 12 guys that walked on the moon and that program was set off by jfk and it's like you can almost kind of get into the peripheries of these figures in history that are unlike any other and well you'll have to, you'll have to do a mind map of all the people that you've done and when you've done them and what the others were doing when you were working with them yeah. um more about that in just a second sure. what you Driving is called total war, and that term is still used. I actually prepped for this interview by doing something maybe would not come to mind to others, but I listened to an extraordinary interview with the then head of the Army, now head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. And it was so amazing to realize, and it's also very painful to realize that we are probably on the brink if not at the moment when total war is possible and I've been told this more than a few times by those in particularly in commanding positions active duty now they say Patton is needed now more than ever because tactics of ground warfare and obviously in his time that was total war because it was also coming from there and the sea. Um, But those tactics, tactics are are going to um, be needed again and not just um, insurgency uh, Mm -hmm. to defeat defeat insurgents, but actually strategy and form and, yeah, Yeah. grabbing them by and kicking them in the pants, as my grandfather would say, with just another way of speaking about a very, uh, on one way, simple, second-hand, uh, sophisticated, um, uh, tactical uh, approach. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say to you that um, I was really amazed that I had just finished Proof of Heaven pretty much a few weeks before I got to see your interview with Mr. Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was amazing. So, and, and, and yeah, I, I, you can maybe cut this out, but you can show it to him. I have a friend that just died and that book was found in his, among his items. Mm-hmm. And Another friend of mine is a is a the, uh, I hate the word medium, but she can mm-hmm. yeah she's a bridge sure and I, I was speaking with her and I said I, I don't want to talk to him it's fine I just want to know if he's all right and she said well actually um, he is really jumping up and down right now because he said everything that he read about is actually true <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's. But- that's what you I can tell. You can tell Evan. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll cut that out and I'll send that to him privately. But it's yeah, kind of cool, isn't it? That's yeah. An, but I had my. I had my, yeah. I mean, I talked about. I talked to him about. Um, and I'll, I guess I'll. I'll cut this out as well. I talked to him about the, the night before my older brother committed suicide in 2014. I. I was down in Georgia. He was up here in Maryland. I was 600 miles away, and I was with my girlfriend at the time. She was sleeping with her head on my chest and she woke up because my heart was beating so loud that 
in her ear, it woke her up. So she woke me up because she thought I was having a nightmare and I was, and I didn't say anything to her because I just thought it was a nightmare, but I was, I was kind of watching as like a, almost like a third person view. I was hovering over his shoulder and it was him like writing a suicide note. It was him kind of cleaning up his room and him getting his gun and like leaving. And then the next day it happened and it happened exactly how I saw it. And I know that by sort of connecting text messages between him and my family members and sort of reading them all and painting a picture i saw it all happen 600 miles away and it took me years to ever tell that story to anyone because i was like how how do you tell that to someone without them wanting to put you in a straitjacket but well i think you should cut it out actually of this interview because i think it segues perfectly into an aspect of general Patton sure. that a lot of people are curious about but there's but very if- often not a context. If I don't, if I don't cut mine out, though, then I I'm not going to cut yours out. We, we, we got <laughs> okay, we got to go in this together. Keep them in. Keep them in. Okay, it's fine with me. We're jumping you know, into this so, together. All right. But that's that's basically, um, you know, my grandfather wasn't afraid of those topics either. Um, he appeared to his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe appeared to one daughter physically. He sat at the foot of her bed to say goodbye after he died. And he actually called the younger daughter, Helen, as I recall, on the telephone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I, I've had that happen too. I've had that white noise telephone call, yeah. not literally telephone, but I had a dream of a telephone call. Now I have, I inherited something from that part of the family sure. uh, in terms of, um, yeah, also being comfortable but respectful of the other side yes always wondering whether it's it's just all my own illusion and then at the end i don't really care if that's what's going to get me by then i'm happy to leave it but no anyway it was nice (laughs) to know that reached it out to evan alexander and yeah and and uh i fully expect if i die that you know some faction of my grandfather will be there to greet me because we have a few things to talk about one is grandpa i've given you a lot of my time and a lot of things off to the side to attend to your unfinished life and um sometimes i get a little bit uh mm, ticked about that (laughs) but on the other hand i realized that doing in 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 having bought and having accepted that role uh it has opened up amazing doors for me particularly in experience yeah you know um yeah i mean i won't say job opportunities because i didn't set off to be a historian at all nor am i a military historian i am a highly trained Shakespearean actress, I guess you could even say, and um, singer and director and producer. And I'm dabbling in writing. I don't want to call myself a writer. I've done a lot of writing, but not not enough to really say I'm a writer. I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by writers in my family. <laughs> my grandfather and my grandmother were also writers um, on both sides of my family, actually. And my brother... Robert and Benjamin are published writers, mm-hmm. you know, so, 
um, I hope that I can write something one day along the lines of what we're going into. Yeah, it's well, I, I, I yeah, I, I would disagree and say you are a writer because I think anyone that wants to write at that moment becomes a writer. I, I don't, okay. I don't like the idea of uh, of gatekeeping of uh, you are not a writer, Miss Patton, and it's like, yeah, I am. I put my hand down with a pencil in it and I wrote. I'm a writer. End of story. So well. Yeah, well, right now, actually, in terms of writing, um, I've been asked to write. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the scenario for an opera about my grandfather's life. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I've started and it's uh it's really a, an amazing medium. It's like ballet. It's like, uh, you know, anything with that kind of an abstraction gives you the freedom again to go into the uh, crevices <laughs> that are sometimes, mm, you have to have a, a, a high note to sing rather than a word to say, you sure. know, or you know what I mean? Sure. It's, it's, art, art can, can reach those places that sometimes the uh, left-hand brain can't. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the right song during a movie, right? Or, I mean, it's like saying, mm-hmm. it's like saying I love you versus like giving like your sibling a hug, like a big bear hug. It's like, not everything can just be broken down into into quantitative, you know, it's one plus one is, right? You I mean, you can say there's a million people versus when you stand somewhere and see a million people at a, the Olympics or marching. It is not the same as saying it's a million. You go out and you're like, oh, my God, there's a million people. It's this pulsing, moving, massive organic matter with a million consciousnesses. And it's like, yeah. So, I mean, to I mean, back to total war, to touch on someone who was at the 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 tip of the spear or the top of the spear you would even say for total war yeah maybe to explore all of it one of the things one of the tools you have to use kind of like total war ships planes submarines tanks maybe you have to approach it sure you can write about it you can have movies about it you can tell stories about it in audiobooks and paintings but maybe you also have to write an opera like that might be one of the things you have to use to cover it i think this opera where it's going right now and i i'm not going to you know be married to this idea because sure. you know you have to always kill your darlings before yeah. you're finished yeah but my darling at the moment is a framing device using my grandfather's and my grandmother's last two weeks together in the hospital mm-hmm. where he is going where he'll review mm-hmm. the years with yeah. her yeah the up downs the mistakes because you know before he had the accident Mm -hmm. he was incredibly frustrated he'd lost his third army he was relegated to a desk job which he was not completely suited for he was trying to convince his higher-ups that the germans could pull themselves together without being a threat and that it was better to to allow them to yeah this sounds really, really 
controversial to say. No, that's what Patton said to take him. We fought the wrong enemy. The words Arbeit macht frei, which Hitler mangled. I think my grandfather actually understood the essence of it in the German spirit and that they were incredibly good workers. And, you know, but um, he was a bit ahead of his time. And this idea was just not going to work at that moment in time because there was still a lot of work to do to get the 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 sickness out of the body. Yeah. And, 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 and it wasn't going to be okay to you know, completely lean on, on Germans going back to life as it was yeah. our business as usual. But, um, but anyway, so, so he, he had, uh, he had some axes to grind with the way things had been handled in the campaigns and he wanted to write about it. And so, you know, he would kind of, go off at the mouth and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be writing this book. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go back to America and maybe semi-retire and, and write this book and expose everything. And, um, so that didn't happen because he had an accident the day before he was supposed to leave Mm -hmm. to go back to States. And so I kind of thought that this would be an occasion to sort of write that book in, in it, in a one act or two act opera um, where he discusses it with his wife. And, and then the, uh, the other characters, which would essentially be nurses and guards mm-hmm. would play characters that come in and out, Yeah, uh, you know, and they do scenes from the past, yeah. and, you know, even go back to childhood or even their love story, you know, and, and, and personal things. And then, you know, everybody, <laughs> really wants to know, you know, was it an accident? Was it foul play? You know, who had it out for him? And yeah, the, the fact is that you can travel down almost any one of those roads as for instance, Bill O'Reilly did. Mm -hmm. You can come up with an argument that yes, this must've been what happened. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Yes. I have a, personal fascination with it too and sometimes i i wander down those roads and think yes this is this is how he died or "Mm, has anybody ever thought of that and then i stop myself and say you know why do people care and i think that that's the most important uh question in 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 that theme is why do people care so much about my grandfather's death and and how he died um, well, it, and I think it's more about that they that they care. Yes, yeah. you know what he's doing to people still. What does his persona still activate in yeah. people? Yeah. Um, I had um, I had on the author uh, Gerald Posner, and he wrote something about. I mean, kind of like me in that, or I guess I'm kind of like him, in that all of his books are widely different topics and it's he, because he said he, he just has to go what he's in, with what he's interested in. But he had one paragraph in his book about Lee Harvey Oswald that I think also applies to General Patton's death is that as well is when you look at the evil of say 6 million Jews being systematically incinerated, men, women, children, as evil as it is, you your mind, you there's almost a little bit of closure because it's who could pull that off, and it's 
Adolf Hitler and it's like oh okay like the worst guy ever that anyone can ever if you if you're compared to Hitler it's that's the worst insult so your mind kind of balances it out like a, but with Lee Harvey Oswald when you read about him and how much of a really just bad person he was and how immature and unintelligent he was and just a goof and then you find out he's the one that took out this beloved handsome president it who wants to put men on the moon it your mind doesn't it's like you the best got taken out by this nothing you almost want it to be the cia or you look at 9 11 and you're like three thousand people died in downtown manhattan because some guys with box cutters your mind almost says like that can't be true it has to be something greater and it's kind of a compliment to the slain susan eisenhower came up with a a way of putting it and um she said helen why can't people accept that sometimes someone who lived an extraordinary life dies an ordinary death yeah yeah you know sometimes it is just that I think yeah. that's what and it we'll, is. We'll never know, and um, and yeah, I mean, there, there. Maybe one. Well, maybe we. Maybe our grandchildren will, or maybe our children will. But anyway, right now, I I, I can't think of another. I, I don't really want to rehash what people sure. have rehashed already. Yeah. Because I still don't know all of the facts about my grandfather. Um, I didn't even start really reading about him until. I was in my 20s because mm-hmm. he was such a, a burden for us and, and such a, an overpowering and overshadowing character. I mean, I had nightmares from the time I was three about car accidents mm-hmm. because it was constantly being talked about. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I found myself wrapped around the post of my bed, yeah. um, having a recurring nightmare of being in a car accident, yeah. you know. Um, that's, that's the truth. I mean, we were, we were kind of traumatized. I found my grandfather's pictures that he had taken himself from Buchenwald. I had found a trunk in, in our living room that nobody ever sort of bothered to open, but I was about seven at the time. And I pulled the heavy cloth off of it and, you know, got onto a chair and pushed it up. It was a big black trunk from Czech Republic or the Czechoslovakia that, that, Somehow, I guess I heard that it was a wedding present for the two of them. But anyway, for my grandmother and my grandfather. So we just looked at it like, oh, look, that'll be a trunk. Nobody ever opened it. And I opened it. And my mother came into the living room and I was sort of in a sea of eight by 10 black and white glossies of dead prisoners, yeah. charred prisoners. And I remember just my mother comes in and she's just, oh, my gosh, what is this? What have you found? And I just looked up and I said, what is happening? What is happening? That was really, I think I would have to say that was pretty much the day I lost my innocence on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the I'm my little boy. We were walking down the street in Covent Garden and they're having a big festival with firemen and they were celebrating all the firemen of the London. And anyway, they were giving out red balloons to the kids. And my, my son was walking down the street with his red balloon and he was so proud. I think he was about three or four and just ear to ear and some low life 
just walked up to his balloon and popped it with a cigarette. And I have never, ever seen anyone lose their innocence so fast on this blue planet. Yeah. It was like a, a child just was like, I can't believe my world has just popped. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Yeah. But anyway, just to bring it down to a child's terms, that's sure. what it was like for me. Having the balloon popped, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's got to be something about that specifically, right? And it's not even just, it's not even just finding photos. That's terrible enough. But it's like one, it's the whole aspect of even if it was photos of deer, it would still be there'd be an emotional aspect because it'd be like, oh, this is what he saw through his eyes, you know. So you're getting this mm -hmm. little glimpse of his subjective experience. But then there's a whole other aspect of it, and it's like, oh, he saw this. In real, this wasn't just a, you grow up learning about it in history class, you know, this is what happens. It's like, oh, this is what he saw, and these photos obviously haven't been published other places. So in a weird way, it's... No, like, they weren't. In yeah. fact, I, I don't even really know where they are. I know my mother just pulled them together and put them in a manila envelope, and I think she sent them to what would now be a Holocaust museum or another. Yeah. But I do know grandfather was physically ill. Yeah. He was so ill that sometimes when you look at the pictures of the inspections of that camp, he's not around or he's in the back looking really miserable. Yeah. Very, he was puking. He was yeah. puking. He had a very weak. Yeah. And he was in the whole way. Yeah. So, yeah, he was not, you know. Yeah. Able to. Yeah. I mean, so, a lot of things I couldn't handle. And I think that's why, you know, he slapped the soldier mm -hmm. and he was, he was very, he was very emotional. My father was also very emotional. He was able to cry at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking of my dad, though, talking about loss of innocence. I mean, I was also the little girl that got to, you know, wanted to kind of wait up for dad to come home from the Pentagon, but then also be really excited when he came home from his Vietnam tours. And uh, he was, uh, I wouldn't say it was the greatest parenting skill to... Um, allow me to hear graphic detail of how Viet Cong were killed yeah. or how they, but he would, he would tell me particularly um, all of the, you know, he would, he would describe the worst. I mean, I couldn't even, I, you wouldn't even be able to publish on this show what I had to listen to as a, five or six year old yeah that's insane you know yeah. but dad had to put it somewhere so yeah. i guess i was uh, an ear for him yeah you were kind of maybe he didn't think i was understanding it you were kind of his uh you were his trunk right you were his check trunk that he could take these images in his yeah. head and kind of yeah. put into you it's yeah i mean that's i couldn't even i Forrest gump now without bawling you know yeah I... my boyfriend watched uh good morning wait good morning vietnam today mm -hmm. we want to watch vietnam with 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 um, robin williams and i just know i'm gonna cry <sighs> yeah that's yeah i mean but i it's i mean it's it's it, that's the whole thing though it's like right it's I'm, I'm almost kind of realizing the hypocrisy now that we're talking about this of myself alluding to total war and how there's nothing held back and it's all 
I'm realizing as I'm saying this that I almost put that on a false pedestal of saying like that was real war, war and everything else is scaled back. And it's like, well, under my definition, then I would say Vietnam was scaled back. Then as you're talking about this, it's like in no way was Vietnam scaled back. Like nothing about it was. And it's the whole the whole thing is right. It's it's just it's as Patton said, it's may God have mercy on my enemies because I won't. Yeah. yeah, I think that people have to start realizing that war aborts life um, and dreams and vision. And yet there are those amazing few that are willing to take that part and defend so others can live mm-hmm. fully mm-hmm. and knowing that they may not live fully themselves you know but i think that's uh also you know why i mean there there must be a kind of a thrill in in that as well um having fought i mean i see that in the world war ii veterans they come back um they i won't say they enjoyed it if i if i use the word ecstasy i don't mean it in a happy way but i do think there is a kind of um an ecstatic something that goes along with um, overcoming. Yeah. Overcoming. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they, and they, they, they hold that. And, and actually that was one of my grandfather's fears was that when he would go back to civilian life or even if he experienced it definitely between world war one, world war two, he, he, he couldn't handle having experienced the exhilaration. That's probably a better word. The exhilaration of the total war, you know, and then going back to being normal again, yeah. you know, and I think one of the reasons I love the world war two veterans that I've met and come to know and love is that so many of them went and lived normal lives and were able to, you know, compartmentalize and, and take the best of what they experienced. But, you know, but anyway, it has to come out somewhere where yeah. there's, you know. Yeah. No, it's, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Is I mean, if, I'm, if I recall correctly, a lot of the biker gangs formed in the 50s were from World War II veterans because it was like the mixture of camaraderie, but also just any sort of danger or any sort of, I mean, I know F4 Phantom pilots after Vietnam a lot of them came back and would get into like meth because they're like, how do you, how, I mean, how do you go Match from, that. yeah. They're like, how do you go from flying a plane so low that they would have like leaves stuck in the engine when they came back to the runway, dropping napalm and watching their best friends killed. And you're right, not ecstasy in a good way, but in terms of the, just the life dial turned up to 11. How mm-hmm. do you come back from that? How do you come back and go work at a cash register? How do you do anything, good or bad? Whether it's whether it's good, whether it's you know you have a million dollar, ten million, a hundred million dollars, and a Ferrari, and it's like there's still no weight to it. You know, it's not. It's I don't know. Maybe that's. Well, unfortunately, only those who have been to war will put an end to war. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, and, and so, I, know, I mean, and I, obviously, you've heard every quote from Patton ever. But I'm just thinking of Do you have one. a favorite? Well, I'm just thinking of one that 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 kind of making sense to this is 
he said his wish was to be the last soldier killed with the last bullet on the last day of the last battle of the last war ever fought. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking of it more of like that may, maybe, and maybe I'm stretching, maybe I'm just looking at it my own way, but maybe that's is like, you know, I don't want to miss any war. I don't want to miss a single day of it, but I also don't want to live a single moment without it. I want to see it to the end and then I want to be gone. And I want to quote his aide, Charles Codman, who wrote the incredible book Drive. Mm -hmm. Um, Just amazing book. He said, you know, General Patton died in action. Yeah. Killed in action. Died killed in action. Yeah. Because he was, he was even, even though I guess the war had finished, he, he, or his part in it had kind of come to an end. He was still fighting inside and still looking for solutions and looking for resolutions and figuring out, you know, what the enemy might do next. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people think that he was right, but he was just ahead of his time. And he, he definitely, I mean, for everyone that, that doesn't know what we're talking about, he said that when quote, talking about the Germans and the Russians, he said, we fought the wrong enemy. But then he also, another known as like, we should have taken the war straight to the Soviet Union and finished them off then. And With the Germans. He wanted yeah, to do it with yeah. the Germans. And we went on to do that for 45 years anyway, 46 or 44 <laughs> to 46 years. But I think as I learn more, I think... Oh, you know, sorry. no, you're fine. Is is I, I, my mother's interrupting, but I I love her, but she's calling me, and I have the do not disturb on, so I don't know how that happened. If you, if you need to take a call, it's fine. It's, <laughs> oh yeah, because you can you can uh, no, she, we'll talk to her later. Okay. Um, but I was going to say Operation Paperclip, where the United States at first brought over 1,300 and then totaling 33,500 Nazi scientists under Curtis LeMay between like 47 and like 52. We brought over all these Nazi scientists to do what? To help build rockets, to do what? To help gain an edge against the Soviets. So it's not even speculation. What we literally did, and I, I, that's kind of a term everyone uses now, literally. But I mean the literal use of literal. What we literally did was bring over Germans to fight the Soviets. We used them to fight them, which is exactly what Patton wanted to do. That's So I can't look at his quote of saying that. I mean, the Nazis are horrific people. But I mean, if we're just looking at this from an objective standpoint, Curtis LeMay, probably the biggest drama queen in all of military, he brought over Nazis to fight the Soviets. Patton was just seven years ahead of him. Two years ahead mm-hmm. of him. It's mm-hmm. so yeah, I I, I don't you, Well they were mad enough, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well I think it I think it was LeMay that said, or maybe it was his like deputy Thomas Powers that said, There's no point in beating a dead Nazi horse. Cause they were like, It's over, it's finished, they're done they're done. So everyone, you know, kind of stop clutching your pearls. We need to use them as for the next war. Yeah. So well, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll never know. We'll never know. No. Hey, listen. Do you have any questions, or do you have any thoughts that you want to cover for this that, that we haven't? In particular, no. I just, just kind of wanted to talk to you. Just kind of see it happen. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, yeah. That's yeah. It's. I mean, what, is there anything in specific you would like to go over? Um, I was just thinking about. I've been using the Corona time, actually. I won't say wisely. I wish that I had used it more wisely in some ways. 
were so many things I wanted to get done when I realized I had all this free time because I didn't have to travel. It's the first time I've ever lived in one place this long. I'm not there right now. I was in Sweden Mm -hmm. for, I started with a three day trip and I ended up staying three to four months in my, in my home up there. And, uh, at the same time, there was a, a, an old, but famous and beloved restaurant that was up for sale. And, uh, my beau and I put a bid on it and we bought it. Oh, yeah. And then we bought a few other properties. And it's funny because I went up to this little getaway in Sweden originally to get away, to find one place where General Patton couldn't find me. And I remember after I purchased my house, a friend of mine was up in the attic and she said, you better come up here. There's a picture of Adolf Hitler here. I said, what? So... The, the farmer that owned my house beforehand decided to line the attic with 1939 newspaper articles. So I have the whole Polish invasion under my roof. And, um, and then, and then uh, a friend of mine uh, had, same friend actually, had suggested that um, my name be used, our name be used to start something called a, a foundation, well, a foundation in, in Sweden for Swedish soldiers. And we had the best intentions, the best of intentions to uh, establish a place for PTSD uh, work and a place where soldiers could come up and and get calm if need be. But because of my terrible schedule that was completely unexpected for the 70th and the 75th, I just could put hardly any time into it. And eventually it came to the point where, come on, let's just disband this thing. And I thought to myself, you know, something tells me I ought not to disband it. I think I'm just going to keep it open and let it be there as a holding place because I have a feeling something's going to happen. And lo and behold, a few months ago while I was in Sweden, uh, the announcements began to be made and now it's been confirmed that Sweden is going to use our little area as its regimental training ground. And for me, that is so cool because it's the last place that my grandfather ever was before he died. I mean, he did die in Bad Nauheim, Germany. Uh, He was in Bad Nauheim, Germany. He died in Heidelberg um, as a result of the accident we were discussing. But the the last trip that he took was Sweden. And he went up there uh, as a stand-in for Eisenhower. Uh, because they, the king wanted to show his appreciation to the uh, victors and to the allies. And they said, oh, you were also in the 1912 Olympics here. So we shall um, gather some of the same folks that were with you at those Olympics and we'll have a replay of a couple of the events. And one of the events was the pistol shoot because mm-hmm. he was the first um contestant of the modern pentathlon in 1912 so he he did shooting riding fencing swimming and running and he uh, took his took a shot and and did very very well but uh, it was finally decided that you know he had been disqualified in 1912 that when he was in the olympics and and because they they really couldn't um, track his bullets but it was pretty much decided especially even after that his perfect shots uh, all those years later that he probably shot through his own bullseye. 
Mm, yeah. And uh, probably should have come home with the bronze medal, yeah. but didn't. So he, he had a real, you know, a, a, a resolution there at that trip. Anyway, to think that um, life has brought me there after having drugged me across the Liberty Road, where he, I mean, I, I began my work on Patton, uh, really uh, on what is now called the Liberty Road. That is his drive from England to the Czech Republic. And so I've traversed the Liberty Road up and down and up and down. That became my mission starting in about 1993 when I ended up in uh, a monastery <laughs> looking for a a contemplative i'm always looking for contemplative life and i'm always finding war yeah. <laughs> so i was looking for a contemplative life in my sister's monastery and only to find out that oh it's a very long story that it was important that i go to normandy and establish a center there at the place where my grandfather he himself was forced into contemplation and so uh, I was uh, put in the same apple orchard. I had a house, but mm-hmm. I was put in the same area by this abbess who was giving me my sort of training <laughs> in, in in contemplative life by um, by actually living, breathing, learning the language uh, in the same area where he had suffered probably more than he suffered in his entire life when Eisenhower had taken away the third army and said, look, you're not needed right now on this whole D-Day thing. It would have been great. You've got a great nautical knowledge, but um, you were a bad boy with your slaps and with your big mouth. Mm -hmm. And so we'll call you when we need you. But meanwhile, we'll be throwing the Germans off and telling them that you're at Calais when we know that you're here in this apple orchard. So behave yourself, Georgie. And, you know, he was forced to stay in this apple orchard area. I think he had some nice digs in and around the place um, for about three weeks. And he was desperate and he was praying hard, praying, praying, praying. And at the same time, uh, there was a, a nun who was uh, now call it four hours away, but at the time it must have been more like two days away, east of Paris, who was hearing his prayers mm-hmm. in a mysterious way. And she was praying with him and praying for him to prevail. And he did. And finally, that nun was given an intense spiritual call later on after the war to go to America and found a monastery in Thanksgiving, only to have a hippie girl arrive, who is now, how many years later, the sub of the Abbey herself, and that would be my sister. So it's just a very, I mean, it's an incredible story. Yeah. I, this probably has to go into the opera too, yeah. <laughs> add a few more characters. Uh, it's, yeah, it's... I was gonna. Say, I know you said it's a really long story. I I, would I tried lo- to make it short. No, I would. I would love to. I would love to listen to it more in depth. I, I don't want. <laughs> I've got nothing doing. I can listen, but I, I don't want. No, I don't want. You know, my okay. my my boyfriend is is I is, is. I relegated him to the bedroom I, so I could have the living room. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but we can celebrate. Look, I drink to you. We can drink. To you. We can have another. We can have another meeting. Absolutely. You know, if people like to hear me talk and you talk and us talk and, you know, we can even take questions. <laughs> I will absolutely. I would love to do that. I will. I will cheers you with my water bottle. 
okay, Hans is in trouble. He told me that he would pour me a glass of champagne. This is water. Well, <laughs> we'll call it. This is over. This podcast is over. I don't even know They're what. Going, going just, Happy yeah, New Year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he is in trouble because that is some that is some bush league. So I will end that. Sure. Um, I will end that festive toast with a festive poem of my grandfather's. Sure. Now, footnote H is the hour that the total war begins. Okay. okay? As I sit in my tank and wait for H, and the old barrage comes down. I wish to God there was one more day for raising hell in town. Holy shit. He was, he was such a good old acquaintance be forgot and never cross your mind. <laughs> that's, you have a beautiful voice. That is fantastic. That's another story. You have to Google Patton concerts. <laughs> okay, you can have some fun. You can Google Patton concerts. Normandy, 70th anniversary, and you can Google, um, or because if you don't, you'll get Oswald Patton, you know, (laughs) or you can, or you can, you can Google Helen Patton jump. Okay. And I would, and and you can have some fun with some videos. I would absolutely love to have you on again. Okay. I would absolutely love that. This was a treat, and I could, you're very easy to talk to. It's, you're even, (laughs) Even without the last name, if you were just Helen Smith, you're still very, you're awesome. You're a very good podcast guest. You're an interesting person. And I say that as someone that talks to people all the time, not everyone is interesting. You're a very interesting person. So, and I mean that in the best, that's a compliment. I don't know if some people would take that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, I've enjoyed watching your podcast too. And um, yeah. And so anyway, keep in touch and I'd like to say happy new year, Tommy. Happy new year to you as well. Thank you very much. And let's. Let's get this year behind us for the love of God. <laughs> let's let's I know it has been it has been uh quite a year. I keep I keep thinking and wondering you know people ask me what would your grandfather do in this situation? What would he be thinking, you know? I think he would worry about us getting soft. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think he's really worried about us getting soft here soft physically 100%. so i'm going to yeah well, i've already started to kind of be in touch with him about about that in terms of what his you know how 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 his how his spirit and persona can continue to be helpful in that regard to all of us not just soldiers mm-hmm. you know uh what does it say uh, uh a fit a fit body cannot a fit mind can't live in a fit in an unfit body yeah yeah a bushel of blubber beats a pint of blood yeah um and what else yeah study the bible and keep your feet dry yeah that's that's and actually what he meant by that is that study history you know Mm -hmm. Study history, keep your feet dry. Very practical pieces of advice. Yeah, yeah, it's. And I'm just trying to think. Do not take counsel of your fears, and I think that is really the one that 
Oh man, oh man, are we scared right now? Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, we've been. We're scared of every little oh, sneeze yeah. or oh, you know. We've been we've been defeated by a cough, right? It's like we, yeah, we're defeated by a cough. We're defeated by the knowledge that this cough has has can have some dire results and you know it reminds me of treasure island with the black spot you know who's Mm -hmm. gonna get it yeah who's gonna get it um but you know i think it's been also a real lesson in in preparing ourselves for death Mm -hmm. and people we have to prepare ourselves for death we don't know if it's going to get us and it's going to kill us so it's funny because one on one 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 side is you know stay at home and you know conquer down and the other one is live for today because you don't know how long it's going to last 100 you know? it's it's get but up also and, to yeah. defend your to defend your neighbor and your family members and yet at the same time you have to keep yourself sharp yeah it is eat well but you get so you eat well and don't abuse uh, cigarettes and alcohol and narcotics and yet at the same time God, wouldn't that be amazing to help us get us through? Yeah, at the same, it's like, yeah, what do we do? It's like, do we prep and eat healthy, or is it like, are we just rearranging deck chairs in the Titanic? Is it like, turn up the music and let's party? And it is like, there is an odd. I mean, there's definitely, it is in a way like death in that normal life has died, and we now have to learn to. You have to embrace letting go because it's all going away it's like you can't go to the bar you can't just go party and it's like let it go and i think there's a buddhist quote it's like only by exposing ourselves again and again to obliteration can we find that which is indestructible and it's Mm -hmm. you just have to burn off i could never go a week without going to the bar i could never not go to uh the playoffs i could Mm -hmm. never not and it's like we're seeing one by one that we can do without it and we can do it. I'm having a difficult time because I don't want to take the vaccine. I just don't want to take it. I oh. am not a vaccine person. I'm allergic to most vaccines. I get so sick with the vaccines. And I'm really, really well. I'm always well. I'm hardly ever, ever sick. So I feel it's a personal affront to ask me to take a vaccine. I'm oh. willing to get a test every day if I need to. But I just don't want to take a vaccine. And my kids think I'm absolutely bananas. I'm not taking one. I got into medical school for whatever that's worth. I got into medical school in 2013. I got. Mm. I'm not taking one. I. It's. I just. I. I just don't. I'm, I'm you just, might have to. What if they tell you you can't travel? I, I don't travel. I make money off this podcast now, so I don't have to interact. Yeah, but, with okay, so what if you were me and they told me I can't travel? I'd hold up two middle fingers. I can't see my mom, baby. I might not be able to see my mother. I would, in her. I would go see her regardless. Mm-hmm. Well, like Thomas Jefferson. No, I, I mean, I want to. I don't want to be a, a, an upstart. No, you, uh, I, and I don't want it to go on the record that I'm not going to take the vaccine. But I'm just saying that it's just a bummer because I feel so so healthy. And um, anyway, hey, listen, we got to end. But uh, God bless and have a happy new year. Thank you so much, you as well. Happy New Year's, and I can't wait to have you on again. And I'll field some questions. I'll put out a. I'll put out a post on good. the channel and say. Hey, yeah, put post. out a post. Let people. Let me know what people think of this kind of whimsical and sometimes not so articulate uh, discussion. Well, hey, this is there's 304 of these before it, and people keep subscribing, so I'm guessing some people okay. like it. So it's say hi to Evan, say hi to Evan Alexander for me. I will. Okay, I will. I will send He's this to him. He's very very cool. I'd love to, I'd love to meet him one day. Uh, he is he is he is as cool as they come. He's coming back on in uh, January, I think February. Yeah. 
He's somebody that needs to be heard he a is. lot. I actually say he he has actually helped me uh, get through a lot. Just yeah. having read his book, yeah, I, 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 he's changed my opinion of death. I mean, and I don't even know if I believe everything that I read, but I, I, I believe that he believes it, and I believe that my reality will possibly look different, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it'll be my reality. Sure. But, um, but he does, you know, it's inevitable, and let's just hope it's as comforting as he says. But also, what I love about it is that he didn't want to stay; that he knew he had more work to yeah, do. Yeah, and that's how we all need to feel in the face of COVID that we have more work to do. One time, it was around September 11th, and I was invited to give a speech at the um, reunion of all of the American Battle Monument Commission cemeteries in Europe. It's a big convention. And I was first invited to sing with a band, with a military band, and to give a speech. And I got a phone call that said, "Uh, ma'am, just so you know, um, we've canceled the band. And I said, oh, why? Well, you know, September 11th has just happened, so there's a security alert, and we, we may be under threat. I said, oh, so, and me? We'd still like you to come. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, all right, so I'll come. <laughs> but um, where am I going with Where am I going with this? Um, where am I? I, I, uh, I, I, I oh, help me out, because I was, I was going Alexander. With, Evan Alexander. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, um, oh, yeah. So so I called my sister before I was supposed to fly, my sister, the nun. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't do it. I'm scared. I'm scared to get on that plane, you know, and I got to go through the London airport. And she's, oh, knock it off. <laughs> God, you're just so, you're, you're so self-centered. You must think you're something special, huh? Don't you think, I mean, you don't let, don't think that God's going to let you get off that easy. Yeah. I mean, you have so much more to do. Don't yeah. be so lazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't get to leave. You don't get to leave that easily. Right? No. It's like you got you got chores to do. You know, you don't you're not yeah. going to get an easy out. That yeah. That's one way I like to think. It ended up being it ended up being a good trip and um I really enjoyed it. I remember getting at the airport, getting to the airport and still being scared and I went to the uh tie rack i guess it was called and this woman was selling me a pair of socks and she had a full full almost full burqa on and i was just <laughs> and she i looked at her and, and she was <laughs> and i excuse me can i hug you and she said please do she says i'm as scared as you are <laughs> that's true though right it's like what it's most yeah it's right so like you go outside right now it's like everyone's just as even right now, like COVID, left versus right. It's like, dude, everyone's as terrified as you are. It's like, what are just, we gonna do with? All right. <laughs> I think it's gonna. I think it's. I think we can only control ourselves, which is why. I, don't think, think, I have a feeling that we're not going to ever do without it. Yeah. It's, something's going to always be there to to make us afraid. So we just have to find a new way. Hey, listen. Yeah, we've yeah. said goodbye times. <laughs> Okay, I give you a big hug for the internet. Okay, take care. Big bear hug over the internet. Thank you so much. Bye bye. And uh, yeah, I'll, well, I'll I'll send you an email and we'll set up a second one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Bye bye. Thank you so much.